Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I am so happy that you're here. Each week I have a girlfriend over and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends and I cannot wait to get started. I'm so excited about today's episode. Today, we're talking about the beautiful things that can happen when your life doesn't exactly go according to plan. I recently had the privilege of being a guest on a podcast called On the Front Porch. The hosts are two amazing women from our Girls' Night community, Angela and Mary. They are so much fun. They asked amazing questions, and I love the conversation so much, I just knew I had to share it with y'all. I asked them if I could share the interview we did for their show here on Girls' Night, and they so graciously said yes. I'm excited about this episode because if you're anything like me, you've had this picture in your head for a long time of how your life was gonna play out. You were going to attend that school, get that degree, get hired for that one job you've always wanted, get married, have kids, buy your dream house, the list goes on. But as most of us know, life doesn't always play out like we want it to or in the time frame we hope it will. Sometimes God has this way of totally wrecking our plans, or at least that's how it sometimes felt to me. And that's the story you're gonna to get to hear today. In this episode, I'm sharing about my faith journey and how I met Jesus in the most unexpected way in the most unexpected place. I'm talking about several times, like several, where God totally wrecked my plans when it came to my career. And then finally, I'm gonna be sharing how God transformed my outlook on dating and relationships and helped me make the most of my single life. You guys, I share so much of my story in this episode and how God has shown up in the best ways and I truly believe He can and will do the same for you. But before we dive in, I have some super exciting news, and that is that registration for my online course, Love Your Single Life, is officially open. Like right now, today. You go to the website today, you can sign up, you can join us. The website is loveyoursinglelife.com. Again, that's loveyoursinglelife.com. And uh, those link, that link will also be on our show notes. But I wanted to make sure you guys know that registration is only open for a few days. So if you know that this is right up your alley right now, make sure to sign up soon. I love this course. You guys have heard me talk about it for years. It's one of my very favorite parts of my job and it's because God has been doing the most incredible things in women's lives through it. A while ago, I got a DM from one of our awesome alumni, a woman named Jenny, and Jenny gave me permission to share her story and I'm so glad she did. Here's what she sent me. She said, hi, Stephanie, this is overdue, but I wanted to share with you how LYSL impacted my life. It started on New Year's Eve 2018 when my sister shared that she had taken your course and that it was the highlight of her year because it made her live more fully, step out of her comfort zone, and try online dating. At the time, she had just started talking to a guy and now they are getting married in March. I was so inspired by my little sister's example that I decided to sign up for the March 2019 OISL class. And I have to say that it totally changed my perspective, made me a better person, and it helped me to be more open to people that I wouldn't have normally sought out. I met an amazing guy that September and he proposed in March. We were married this past September and now we have a baby due in June. I credit all those blessings to God and to your course. Thank you so much. Okay, truly, I'm gonna cry if I spend too long thinking about her words, so let's talk logistics. If you haven't had a chance to check out the course yet, this is what it's all about. Love Your Single Life is the only digital course and study for Christian women that teaches a step-by-step plan to help you savor, enjoy, and truly make the most of your single life all while setting yourself up for amazing relationships and marriage in the future. Here are just a few of the things we talk about in the four-week course. We talk about how to start really enjoying your single life and making the most of every moment. I'll teach you a powerful tool for building confidence, which also happens to be your dating secret sauce. 
We'll talk about how to find good quality men to date, even when it feels like you've run out of options. We'll talk about how to invest in your friendships, your relationship with God, your calling and passions, and yourself. We'll talk about what to do with your sex drive while you're single because it doesn't wait to show up until we're married, right? We'll talk about how to stay close to your girlfriends, even when you're in different stages of life and so much more. Registration for the course only opens up twice a year. And so make sure you go and sign up today. You can find out all about the course at loveyoursinglelife.com. And that link will also be in our show notes. The other thing is, I know that some of you guys may be listening to this after the registration window has closed and that's totally fine. Head to the website anyway. Again, it's loveyoursinglelife.com to put your name on the waiting list. And that way you'll be the first to know next time we open up the course. Okay, I cannot wait to share this conversation with you. Let's jump in. This is my conversation with Mary and Angela. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the front porch. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We cannot wait to introduce you to our guest. She doesn't know it, but we've been friends for a really long time. She thinks we just met today, but we've known her forever. Y'all may know her as Stephanie Mae Wilson. You've seen us share her posts and her podcast episodes and even little excerpts from some of her devotionals. Steph, we're so glad to have you here with us today. In your own words, will you introduce yourself to our listeners who might not know you yet and tell us what you do for a living? Oh my gosh. I'm seriously so honored to be here. I like, you guys just know how to make a girl feel so comfortable. So I already feel like, I really do feel like I'm just like settled in. I'm on the front porch. I'm just ready for some friendship. That's my favorite thing. So I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson and I'm an author and a podcaster. And my heart is to walk women in their 20s and 30s through some of the giant transitions that we go through in this time in our life. And so in my community, we talk about being single and kind of transitioning into dating and what that looks like and dating into marriage and moving to a new town or starting a new job and and really how to keep your friends and your faith kind of through it all. The giant transition that I've been going through lately is becoming a mom, which is wild and wonderful. I'm a mom to, gosh, they just turned 16 months, 16 month old twin girls, Annie and Quinn. Um, I'm a wife and I really, I, I get to spend my time working with 20 and 30 something women. I have a podcast called Girls Night. I teach a couple different courses, one about being single and dating, and then one, a new one about, it's like a marriage prep course. I have a bunch of books out and I just, I really, I love getting to be a friend and really a mentor, but really just a friend who's like a couple steps ahead in life to just as many women as as needed. And it's like, just honestly, the great honor of my life to get to do that work. It's our honor that you are here. Like we are so honored that you're on our podcast with us. We, like Angela said, we both love you. We're already friends. We're already friends. It is truly established. (laughs) But I have a quick question for you. You said 20 and 30 something year old women. Do you plan as you grow older to like increase your reach? Like still have your 20 something, 30 something. And then say when you get up to your 40s, will you be including things for like 40 year old women? Because like soon I will not be 20 and 30 something year old women. So I want to make sure I'm still in the correct demographic. (laughs) You are, you are. So that's been a thing. Like people have been, really like my family and friends have been asking me that from the beginning because my first book and my first, like my blog in the beginning and stuff was really to college women because I had graduated college just a couple of years before when I started it all. 
And so I really talked a lot about college. Um, and uh, then it was like sort of your early 20s and like, you know, you're sort of an adult now and like, what the heck does that look like? And so, and I really now I don't talk very much about college at all. And it's not like, I don't know that I necessarily made a, a super intentional decision to do that. But in each stage of life, I find that I really have like kind of once I've gotten out of it and I've had enough time to like really process it and then look back on what just happened, then I that's when I have like the most to say about that season of life. And it seems like that's when I just end up finding a bunch of women who are kind of in that spot. And so it's as I get older, it really does tend to be like a handful of years behind where like behind me or just like a dip, like the stage of life right before me. And so my goal in each of these, like as I get older is to just take as much out of my head as possible and like get it down on paper or get it into a podcast episode or something so that it can kind of live on once I'm thinking about sort of the next thing. So yes, all that to say, yes, I, I really have been... I didn't... I, I thought that I would be in college ministry forever. That was like... My heart was so for women who were in college that I kind of thought that I would do that forever. But that hasn't been the case. It really has been like, okay, well, now that I'm married with kids, now I'm like, man, that transition into marriage was wild. <laughs> like that was a lot. <laughs> so what did we learn? Oh my gosh, we learned so much. We have to share what we learned along the way. And so maybe by the time my kids are like 20, I'll be like, gosh, transition into motherhood was crazy. <laughs> Let's talk about it. We definitely want to circle back to some of those topics. But you know what? I blew right past our stop sign of where we introduce you a little bit more to our listeners. So what, one of the questions that we like to ask is, what were you known for in school? It could be high school, junior high, just something that li- listeners might not know about you. Oh, okay. So I was probably... I don't... I mean... I don't know if this was like my school was giant. I went to a huge high school. There were 2500 kids in my high school. Yeah, it was a lot. So I don't feel like you have to like be pretty crazy to have like a pretty serious reputation, I think. Um so I don't know if I was like really known for much, but my I think it probably would have been like the achiever. That would have been like my persona because I was involved in everything. I, I was in AP classes, I was in choir, I was in uh, student council. I did yearbook for a minute. And then I was a dancer. I was on the dance team. I was a cheerleader my freshman year and then on my dance team this, the last three years. And so I wasn't like a straight A student. I was more like a B plus student, which kind of drove my dad crazy. He was like, if you worked just a little bit harder, you'd be all, all, like get all A's. But I was so much more interested in student council and in my relationships and in friendships and like all of the extracurriculars, which is kind of fun because I feel like my actual life has centered way more around the extracurriculars than it has around, I don't know, whatever I was, chemistry or something. <laughs> so yeah, I think I was, I was like, I think I was the achiever. That was my, my thing. I totally see that. And that's definitely translated into your life after school. Like the way that you, like you said, super involved in extracurriculars and friendships and like that is your life and your career now, which is awesome. I also yes. love knowing that you were on your dance team. I had no idea that that was a thing. Oh my gosh. I feel like I need to talk about it more. I need to like find some... I mean, there are definitely videos. There are photos. I was. <laughs> and we were actually... It was pretty intense. It was like 
I don't know. I mean, different schools may not have this, but it was like cheerleading, but it was called Palms. And we would do, we would dance at halftime. We would kind of stand on the side with the cheerleaders and do some like dances, but really our, our thing was competition. And so it, we, my senior year, we won state. We were really good. So it was like an enormous time commitment and like all of my, all of my time and heart went into, went into, to dance, which like that didn't end up being my career, but it definitely taught me a lot about like perseverance and hard work and stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm really good at false eyelashes as a result. I'm really comfortable with a giant hair, like giant bow in my hair. And I can do the, like the alphabet, like the vowels, like smiling, like you go A, E, I, O, E. And cheerleaders (laughs) know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so cool. I, I'm just, I'm totally blown away because if I have heard that fun fact about you before, it didn't stick until now. And now I'm picturing you in like exactly what you described, the huge eyelashes, huge bow and state champions. That is the coolest thing ever. It was really cool. It was really cool. That is so funny. I I think that I just assumed it was obvious. Like, I feel like, like I also was a sorority girl. I feel like that's obvious. And so, but maybe I'm trying to be like, listen, you can still be friends with me. Even if you're not a person who likes cheerleaders or likes sorority girls, you like, you can, we can still be each other's people. So maybe I've been like downplaying it for years, but that's, yeah, that's definitely me. Well, it's so interesting too, at least where I grew up, like there weren't dance teams. There was color guard that had the flags that would perform with the band. And then I moved out to Texas and I'm like, so you have cheerleaders and then you have these girls that wear skirts and boots and cowboy hats. And then you also have the color guard. And it's like, we had cheerleaders and color guard and there's like four extra teams here. Yes. Texas is, I mean, yes. Like a whole, if, if it can happen at a football game, I feel like there is a thousand iterations, which is pretty fun. Oh yeah. Football is like a religion here in Texas. It's crazy. (laughs) Okay. So we are on the front porch. What are you sipping on? What's in your glass? If it's during the summer, if it's, if I'm just like, you know, reading a book or something, then it's probably like iced coffee. But if I'm with friends, then if it's in a warm time of the year, then it's probably Prosecco. And if it's, in sort of the fall, winter, spring, it's got to be red wine. Cabernet Sauvignon is always my favorite. I've tried to like other different kinds of red wine and I do, I like them, but I, that's just really what I want. So it's either Prosecco or Cabernet Sauvignon. You sit on, sitting on the board. You fit in yeah. so well here. You don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so good. We would love to hear because... I think one of the best ways for people to get to know you better is to hear the story about how you and God met. So would you share that story with us? Yes. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I kind of maybe told a little piece of this, but I I didn't grow up uh, a Christian. I didn't, I think my family, like we were more Christians than anything else. We would go to church on Christmas and Easter and that was kind of about it. But I didn't grow up in like, I d- didn't grow up in Christian culture. I didn't grow up with like a relationship with God, a personal relationship with God. And honestly, for the longest time, I didn't think I needed one. When, especially when I was in college, we talked about moving an achiever in high school. And I was the same way in college. I, I was a little, a little lazy in some of my like core classes, but I was a journalism major and that was, I loved it. That felt like getting to have an extracurricular be my major. And so I just like threw myself into it. 
And so I was achieving really highly, you know, in in my you know future career. You know, I was in a sorority. I loved it. I was on the leadership, uh, the Panhellenic Council for any Greek people who know. And I just all the parts of my life were going really well. I was in a great relationship with a really great guy. Had lots of friends, but on the inside, things just weren't quite going as well. I ended up. Uh, going through just a really sad breakup with that guy. And I had more, way more of my identity and just my whole life wrapped up in him. And so when he exited my life, I really didn't have a lot left. And then even though these different parts of my life were going really well, I my relationship with myself was just in a really ugly place. I just didn't like... I just didn't like myself, honestly. I, I didn't love myself. I didn't... My inner critic was just absolutely brutal. And so I feel like the outside of my life, I was I was a pretty solid... Or not solid. I was a pretty like shiny shell, but I really did feel like a shell. And then I think going through that breakup about halfway through college was just kind of this thing that just cracked me and everything fell apart. And so I honestly was in the darkest place I've ever been in. And that lasted for a while. And in the wake of it, like, yeah, I just, every part of my life just felt like it kind of fell apart all at once. And the cool thing was, and I highly recommend this anytime it feels like your life uh, is falling apart, is that I got to leave the country (laughs) right at this time. (laughs) And so like, truly, if everything's going wrong, by buy a plane ticket and get your passport out. But I got to study abroad in Sevilla in Spain, which is truly my favorite place in the world. And I was going with... I, we kind of made this decision independently, but my best friend from my whole life growing up also decided to study abroad in Sevilla. And then her like other best friend, Kelsey, also decided to study abroad in Sevilla. And so I kind of... you know went thinking I wouldn't know anyone there and ended up going with a best friend and someone who really quickly became another best friend. And the interesting thing about the two of them is that they were both Christians, are both Christians. And I kind of was like afraid of Kelsey because of that fact. (laughs) I like wasn't sure what to think about her because I just didn't know really anything about um, God, about Christians, except for that they like, I don't know, were kind of goody goody like always did the right thing. I don't know. I just sort of like rolled my eyes a little bit at the things that I I did know about, about people who followed Jesus. And then Michelle was also a Christian. She had kind of recently become one, but because I already knew her, I wasn't as like weirded out by her. And so I ended up studying abroad for, for a whole semester with these two women who were just really instrumental in putting my heart back together in a lot of ways. They, first of all, treated me differently. Like, I feel like I got to see a, a different side of Michelle because she was kind of in the process of becoming different herself. And, and I got to, because like, I just got to see a, a new side of her that I'd gotten to see in different seasons of life. And they just showed me like the most wonderful friendship. They were so kind to me and so good to me. And they were people I could talk to about like the deepest things going on in my heart. And I just hadn't really known where to bring those things before. And so I showed up in Spain, just this total disaster and got to roam around the most beautiful city ever with two people who really loved me and who were such a safe place for me. And that was so healing. But in the process, you know, as I'm trying to put my life back together, I started asking a lot of questions about God. And especially because they had a relationship with God and they would talk about it. And I just wanted to know what I believed. And I 
I think that now that my life had fallen apart so completely, I was in need of something more in a way that I hadn't been before. And so I uh, was asking a bunch of questions. I, I honestly just like slammed them with questions. And anything I could think of, I asked them. And they were, again, so kind to just talk with me through anything that I wanted to talk about. But I was pretty sure that that Jesus, while he was different than I thought, as as I got to hear more about him from them, he was different than I thought, but I just still wasn't totally sure that he was like for me. So then we ended up going to uh, Italy for spring break. And we were in Rome at the beginning. And we ended up doing... This is an important detail. You'll see why. But we ended up doing a pub crawl. And they gave us free t-shirts as part of the pub crawl. And again, this was like in a different time in my life. So I was really good at chugging beer at that time. And so I participated in this like, I don't know, chugging contest or whatever. And I got second place, but I swear that the guy who won first place was enormous. Like he was like a beer chugging professional tank of a human. And so he won, I got second though. And that was that was the night. So then the next morning we woke up and we thought we've had fun in Rome. We should also do something kind of cultural, you know, we're here. And so we decided that we were going to go visit Vatican City that day. We didn't shower before we left. So we smelled like the pub crawl the night before. I was definitely hungover, definitely hungover. And we had just been given free t-shirts that all matched. So we decided to wear them. So I showed up at the Pope's house, hungover, smelling like beer and wearing a free pub crawl (laughs) t-shirt. And it was... So we're wandering around the Vatican and getting this tour and then we walk into the Sistine Chapel and I'm looking around and you know the ceiling's incredible and our tour guide kind of signals to us that it's time to go and right as I am about to leave I turn around and I see the last judgment Michelangelo's fresco on the back wall of the Sistine Chapel and to be fair as the art critic that I am I'm not at all <laughs> I <laughs> it's not my favorite painting ever and it's not my favorite depiction of Jesus and actually it's like a little scary of a of a painting, but I didn't see any of that in the moment. All I saw was Jesus. And I just, in that moment, felt like I I made eye contact with him. And it didn't feel like I can't describe really what happened because what happened doesn't make sense. But I just, it felt like in seeing him in this painting that I was locking eyes with an old friend that I was so happy to see. And all I wanted to do was just like run and give him a hug. And it was such an odd feeling, but it was so true and so consuming. And all of my thoughts of like, this is what I think Christianity is like, and this is what I think God is like, and this is what I don't want. And you know, all of my judgments and preconceived ideas just were quiet in that moment. And all I could think was, I want to be friends with him. And I want him to know me and I want him to like me. And so really, I think, in, in my head, I said some version of like, all right, Jesus, like I'm in. And I walked out of the Sistine Chapel, still smelling like beer, still wearing a few pub call t- t-shirts, still hungover. But I walked out a Christian and that was the day that my relationship with Jesus started. That's such a great story. And I feel like I'm hearing it for the first time all over again. It's like one of my favorite stories of like, it's a Jesus meet cute kind of. And it's like one of my favorites of all time because I relate to it in a lot of ways, like particularly the stale beer and pub crawl t-shirt part. Like that's where Jesus found me too. And that's like 
that's a whole other story for another day. But just that it really is kind of a moment like whether you grew up knowing God or thinking that you know God or something, there's always there's always a moment that um, he really just shows up to you and like tells like comes and meets you where you are and says like, all right, let's do this. I'm here. Are you here with me? And that's such a beautiful moment. That's one of my favorite stories of all time. So thank you for sharing that with everybody. Oh, thanks for asking. I don't like, I haven't told it in a while. And so it's, it's so fun to like relive that. And it's, it's my favorite thing because it reminds me like since that day, I've, I've gone back and forth trying to like clean myself up. Like there, I've totally fallen into the trap of thinking that like, well, no, now God loves me because like I do the right things. And because I spend time with him every morning and because I've read my Bible this many times or whatever, like I I start to think that maybe I've earned it. And that's always when my relationship with God is like just the worst. I always have to, or there's times where I feel like I can't be close to him because I'm really messy. And I always have to think back to that, that like, okay, he found me messy. And it was, and if I'm any less messy than I was then, it is a hundred percent because of him. And just that we don't, it's it's not the kind of thing where you shine yourself up to meet with Jesus. It's like he comes and sits with you wherever you are. And it's just like my favorite thing about him. That is also my favorite thing about him. I don't know if I heard this on your podcast or if I heard it listening to like church on TV, but Jesus and God, they love you. It doesn't matter like who you are, where you're at in life. They love you. And they use the example of, look at Jesus. He kept, he kept the company of some of the most undesirable people. And he loved them. And he loves you like he loved them. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you're lying or stealing. Like he doesn't want you to do those things, but he loves you. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome with his. Yeah, you're welcome with him. You're safe with him. Mm-hmm. That. Can you tell us, like, obviously God, changed your life that moment in the Sistine Chapel. But can you tell us a time when God like completely wrecked your plans and how it turned out? Oh my gosh, yes. So <laughs> I, I I told you guys, you know, I was studying journalism in college and I loved it. And I just wanted to do like be a journalist with everything in me. And but the crazy thing was that as I fell more in love with God, almost like at the exact same time, I fell out of love with journalism. And it wasn't that like the career was like, I mean, people would tell, there's all kinds of things that like stink about being a journalist. Like for the first bazillion years of your career, you're paid like in peanuts. You know what I mean? It's like you make nothing. It's really hard. The hours are crazy. You have to move all over the country. Like I knew all these things, but it wasn't that that deterred me. I just, I had this passion for journalism, but the more my passion grew for for my relationship with God, it's almost like it replaced it. And it didn't join it, it replaced it. And that's not always the case. Like God does not always zap us of our career ambitions, but he really did for me. And looking back, I think it was, I think he just like needed more of my focus. Like my, for the way that my brain worked, the achiever in me was busy, like thinking about these other things. And I feel like he was like, I just want you to be busy with me for a little while. And so I uh, was about to graduate college and had to figure out what I was going to do. I like... My options were to go take a job in Washington, D.C., um, working for a, a news outlet, or to go on a 10-week 
mission trip to West Africa and in, in Ghana to partner with a church there and just like, honestly, just basically be an intern. And so I had to figure out what I wanted to do. And like, I really, really felt like, I don't know, I feel like God gave me the option and that was hard. It's really hard when you when you have two choices, but I just knew like the the place where my, like I was being pulled, like where my heart wanted to go was to to go and spend 10 weeks um, in, in Ghana. And so I did that and I totally walked away from this career that I just spent the last four years working towards. And it was crazy. It was like, what am I doing with my life? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing. That is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash friendship. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. 
This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do I even say other than hey <sighs> well that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier starting the chat better and dating safer they've changed so you don't have to download the new Bumble now but kind of right around that time I ended up getting offered a a college or an internship at my college ministry for when I got back. And again, it was an unpaid internship for the year after I graduated from college. Uh, so I had to figure out like, how, okay, how am I going to pay my bills? And so that was kind of, that ended up being my next step. So I, I spent the summer basically being an intern with churches in West Africa and then came back and was a college intern, which, or a college ministry intern, which is like not at all what my plan was. But it was really cool because in that, God like just lit this fire in me that I didn't know was there. And it was this in in as my my job there, I got to lead a Greek Bible study. So it was like any sorority girls who maybe would be like intimidated to join a Bible study, like I was like a safe person for them. And so I'm like, I speak your language, like I'm not gonna be weird, I'm not gonna be judgy. So you can join my Bible study. And so we had like almost 30 girls join my Bible study. And I got to be their Bible study leader for a year and then just meet them for coffee like throughout the week and just talk to them about life. And that year, I feel like I got to really discover what my actual calling in life is. And it's just to be who I needed when I was younger. And so it just was like, I'm just going to meet you and what what you're going through right now. And I'm going to tell you you're not alone and I'm going to give you a hug and I'm going to tell you you're going to be okay. And I'm going to share with you anything I can think of, anything that has helped me along the way so that you don't have to figure it out the hard way or so I can make your journey just like even a little bit easier. So that was my job for a year. And then, so I thought that I'd found like my thing forever. I thought that that was going to be, like I, I said earlier, you know, I thought I was going to be in college ministry for the rest of my life. But then an opportunity came to travel around the world for a year doing humanitarian work and also writing. And you just don't turn down something like that. It was a really hard decision, but I ended up deciding to go. And so this at this point, I felt like God had asked me to give up two giant dreams. It was journalism and then it was women's ministry, like college ministry. And so I'm like, cool. Okay, so like, what am I going to be? Like a backpacking vagabond my whole life? Like, is that what, is that what my, my future is? But as I traveled, they asked... The organization I went with asked us to keep a blog and to just keep track of what we were going through as we traveled. 
And part of it was for like our people who had supported us to go on the trip. And I don't know, it was marketing for them and stuff. But I, I took it really seriously. And I started writing about the things that God was doing in my life and in my heart as I traveled. And before I knew it, I was doing women's ministry, college ministry through journalism, basically. And it was just the coolest... It was the coolest full circle thing. You know, God led me away from something and led me closer to Him. And then He led me away from something else that I loved and even closer to Him. And then like He led me into something that was those two things I had just walked away from, but just this perfect marriage of them that I never, ever, ever could have dreamed up on my own and even closer to Him. And it just like, we can trust Him. He knows what He's doing. And and I'm just so... I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful because I just, I honestly, I never would have come up with this on my own. We are super grateful too for so many reasons. Quick thing. We asked for like one time God wrecked your plans and you gave us like a million. So that's awesome. <laughs> but Because he does it a lot. <laughs> well, but that's the cool thing too is like when things don't go according to our plans, we know that it's only because there's a better plan. And I just love that so much. And like we, so fun fact about us, we actually met in college in a sorority. Mary was my big and I'm her little. And that is how we met. And our relationship has just evolved so much since we met. But we both, like, we both have benefited from your, from God ruining your plans, if that makes any sense. So like when I, little backstory, when I first, so after college, I took a job with an animal pharmaceutical company that moved me from Northern California where we had met, where we had gone to school and kind of near where I had grown up. So Oregon, where I didn't know anybody. And aside from Mary and maybe like two other people, I didn't really have a lot of girlfriends. I'd been like pretty wounded, I guess, by female friendships. And when I moved to Oregon, the funniest thing happened, this random supposedly random. So I'm working for an animal pharmaceutical company, right? Well, I was their rep for beef cattle. So I had the whole state as my territory. So I was driving around a lot and started listening to podcasts more often. And this one was recommended called Girls Night. And I know. (laughs) And (laughs) so then I started listening to it and I was like, huh, well, this seems really cool. And that was like, what I guess how like retrospectively, God planted the seed in my mind and in my heart to be receptive to female friendships because of things that you were talking about on girls night. So then all of a sudden I was like, I look around and like the only friends God brought me when I moved to Oregon were women. And he started like healing my my relationship with female friendships, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so that I just, that is a small piece of like my history with your ministry stuff. But I, I'm struck by like, it's been so powerful. And now it's so obvious, like, yes, of course, this is what you were made to do. Of course, this is what God wanted you to do. It's perfect for you. You're so good at it and you're changing so many lives. But was like, there had to have also been a time where you were like, uh, I think this is what I'm called to do, but like, am I going to be able to provide for myself? Am I going to be able to be good at this? And I would love to know, like, 
Because there's probably somebody listening who has a calling on their heart and they're afraid to pursue it because they don't know. First of all, they're not totally sure that it's what God is asking them to do. And second of all, it looks kind of like instability, maybe. Can you talk us through how you knew that God, this is what God wanted you to do and how you navigated what looked like instability at the time? Oh, those are such good questions. So I, I think that sometimes God speaks to us really clearly. Like, I don't know, some people who speaks too audibly, that's never happened to me. I think I probably would have a heart attack if it did. I kind of wanted to, but I think, I, yeah, I think I would also have a heart attack. Sometimes God, I mean, he's, he can speak in any way he wants. But I think that a lot of times when we're looking for our calling, we expect for it to be like written in the sky, tattooed, tattooed to our foreheads or like an audible voice telling us to do something. And so when we don't get that, we kind of feel like maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to do. And I think it's like really scary to step into something you want to do, no matter what it is. It's really scary. Like you feel like a fraud. You, it's almost like you want to know that that's what God has for you so that you have the permission to do it. But I think that much more often for me and for most of the people that I know and love, it's it's more it's less often that they get like, an actual word from God saying like, turn left, start a podcast, you know, do something like that. And, and more often it's where the things you're passionate about meet the things you're good at, meet your story and what you've been through and meet what people in the world are needing. And, and those things like that, I think that God really weaves those things together and I think that that is where we find our calling. And I know this because it's different for everybody. Like there are people who are really into like chemical engineering and they could talk about it all the time. And they, well, okay, here, I don't know enough about chemical engineering to even like give this example, but like, like the medical field, like praise the Lord for literally everyone in the medical field. But there are people who are a really good at science, who are really good with people who are really hurting um, and that's the skill that they have. They're really passionate about the body. They could talk about it all the time. They like are the ones who like want to peek when they're having surgery or something instead of pretending that it's not happening. So it's something that they're really interested in. They could think about it, talk about it all the time. Maybe they have something in their past where they they had a medical scare once in their life, or maybe their life was really impacted by the nurses who took care of their grandparents when they were passing away or something like that. And then also the needs of the world, like that is a need. We need people to take care of our bodies. That is like just a desperate need. And I think that really when those things show, like I feel like the way that God talks to us is by putting those things in us. So like if you have the desire to like take care of people when they're really sick, that's not just an, that's not a selfish desire, first of all. It's also not a desire everybody has. And so that's telling you something. Or your story, like when we've been through things in our lives, we're uniquely equipped to walk other people through those same things. And so like, and not everyone has the same story. So not everyone's going to have the same ability to do that. We need people who've been through different things. There are so many needs in the world. And so if you're going to meet any of them, like think you're on the right track. And then what we're good at, like we are all good at so many different things. And so all of those things just to me point exactly back to God. And so if those things are in you, a passion, a skill, pieces of your story, or like if you see a need of the world and it, you feel like, 
why isn't someone doing something about this? Like, I think that's where, I think that that's a pretty good indication that that's where God has you. And the other thing is like, when you take, when you make a decision to do something, we, I think we always feel like it is a permanent decision. And for most things in life, if you take a job and are like, whoa, this is not what I want to do, you can always quit the job and get a different one. Or like, Sometimes one step isn't the perfect step, but it leads you to something else. Like I'm not a college pastor. I thought I was going to be, but I'm not. I'm not a journalist. I thought I was going to be, but I'm not. You can take steps into something only to like then take a left turn or a right turn. And it doesn't mean just because you don't continue walking straight doesn't mean you took the wrong direction. Like one step needs to lead to another and it will. That is so cool. And your your story is a perfect illustration of that. That when you kind of are going in a general direction and there are certain desires that God has put on your heart and you get to kind of marry them all together. And I was thinking back to episode 146 of Girls' Night that we'll link in the show notes with Danielle Koch about how you guys were talking about present purpose and it being a marriage of the things that, something that is on your heart. And I'm sorry if I'm totally butchering this, but basically something that is, on your heart, plus a need in the world, plus the things that you're good at. And that's just, that's just so beautiful. Um, There are, and that doesn't always look super glamorous. I think sometimes we also get distracted by like, what is, what we're told we should be when we grow up or what we look around and see other people being that looks really fun or shiny. And maybe it doesn't always look like that, but it can still be really good and super necessary. So thank you for sharing that with us. I really hope somebody is, I hope somebody's life's being changed right now. I just feel it. So we've talked primarily to all of our listeners for the majority of this conversation, let's dial in on our single gals for a second. Mm -hmm. So this is such a beautiful part of what you do, Steph. And I, I took the Love Your Single Life course in September of 2018. And I had, I had no idea. I was just like, basically I was fed up with dating and dating apps and dating culture. And I was just like over it. And I was very much in a space of like, I don't actually want to date. I just want to love being single more than I love dating. And I wasn't, I just didn't have a good, a good like grasp on how to do that though. So again, it was like one of those things where I'm just scrolling Facebook and it was like, take this quiz. And it took me to your website again. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. Like I'll do this. I'll you know, register for this course. And oh, I just loved it. I loved it so much. I still do. And I even like go back through because like I printed out all the stuff and I had the little workbook and everything. So I'll even like go back through just for fun and see some of the things I wrote and some of the things that I was processing. And it's really just, it's so cool to see. I met my husband like four months later. And I know that's not like everybody's story, <laughs> but that's what happened to me. So anyway, the can you tell anybody who maybe this is the first time they're hearing about the course, what the Love Your Single Life course is? It is just like the greatest. We make things in life or do things in life. And a lot of times you have no idea. I think every time you have no idea how it's going to turn out. And sometimes you'll be like, this is going to be awesome. And then you're like, cricket, cricket, chirp, chirp. Like, okay, this did not go how I thought it was going to. 
This is one of those things where I I knew this was important. I knew that it really started because of one, my own story. I feel like I was, I like, I feel like I learned more than my share, more than my fair share of lessons while I was single and dating. Like I had long seasons of nothing, like no one on the horizon. And times when like everyone around me seemed to be getting into a relationship, which is just really hard to watch when that's the thing that you want so bad. I dated a lot, like for seasons, I dated the right guys who I thought were the right guys and then they didn't turn out to be. And that was really hard. I dated people who I knew were the wrong guys. I put way too pressure on too much pressure on marriage at different times in life and really felt like I really wish I could just skip over this season of being single because it feels like marriage is when you arrive and singleness is basically the waiting room. And in all of that, you know, as I just kind of like wandered around this maze for years, I finally like some things finally clicked for me. And finally, I it's not that I got rid of my desire to be married because I don't think that's something we need to do. And the next time someone says that like it'll just happen when you stop wanting it, like honestly, I could just like punch someone or something. Like it's yeah, it's just like what are you supposed to do with that? I finally found something that worked. Like I finally had a a something click in in my life, and that was that I started like not forgetting about about my desire to be married, but I, I started focusing on some other things. Like I, it, it finally clicked in my head that this was a season to not be wasted, but like that, that if like really good things were happening in my life right now, that I was having opportunities I'd never have again. I had a, a freedom that I would never have in the same way again, that I just, this was an important part of my life. It wasn't a waiting room. It was a time to actually live and I was missing it. And I had this, this question pop into my head as I was brushing my teeth one day. And honestly, I feel like it was God just speaking to me. But it was, if you knew that you were going to meet your person and get married in four years, and it was going to be amazing and everything that you'd always hoped for, and you just knew it was going to happen, like how would you live today? And I was like, oh my gosh, I would live it up today. I would do all the things. I would go on adventures. I would travel. I would hang out with my girlfriends. I would pursue my dreams. I would do all these things. Just once that pressure of like, I need to make sure I'm in the right place at the right time to meet my person, once that lifted, I was able to live. And I did. It also kind of put a fire under my butt because it was like, okay, if your person was going to show up in four years or whatever, is there anything you need to take care of before they do? And the answer for that was absolutely for me. One of the things I really needed to take care of was some insecurity and some identity stuff, like circling back to, to college. I needed to figure out how to not look to another person to make me feel good enough about myself because I'd even tried that in relationships and it never worked. Like No one can ever love you enough to convince you that you're worthy of love. And so I had a lot to do. I had a lot to do. And so I really did start living my life to the full. I feel like in a lot of ways, I was finally living the life I'd always wanted to live as the woman I'd always wanted to be. And it was really cool because that's when I met my husband. And it it just... When I was... I didn't meet him because I was sitting at home, like making sure I didn't move just so that he could find me. It's not like getting lost. You know, if you get lost, don't go anywhere, just like stand still. Finding your husband's not like that. And I thought it was for a long time, but it was because I was doing all these things that I actually met him. And it was because I was doing all these things, like the first time that he noticed me, I was giving my first, I was like at my first speaking event. 
And I felt so tall and confident and proud of myself. And I just felt like I was really me in that moment. And I wasn't thinking about who might be watching me, which is not why he showed up. I didn't like trick God somehow in that. Um, That's not why he showed up, but I really was just living my life really well and really fully. And that's, that's how it happened and why it happened. And also, I mean, so we've been married for a while now and I can see the fruit of all of the things that I did. And Carl also did them um, in his own life. I can see the fruit of all of that growth and all that healing and all that like living well in our marriage, even today, like even this far into our marriage, I still see the goodness from it. That was like kind of how it happened in my own story. But really, I think because I got lost so often and had to like figure so much out in my own life, I sort of became the like relationship friend for people. And then as I started my blog, you know, as I was traveling and started my blog, I got so many messages from women being like, I'm getting all this dating advice. People, you know, I'm I'm single and this is all that's hard about it. I'm getting all this dating advice. I'm so confused about all of it. Like, what do, what do I do? What did you do? How do I get through this? And I found myself having so many conversations I couldn't keep up. And so that's when I finally decided to start to, to make this course. And I didn't even know that courses were going to become a thing. I I made it this way because I was like, what is the closest I can get to having everyone over to my house? And all of us just hanging out like it was my small group, you know, like it was, we're all eating pizza and we're all in our sweatpants and we're just talking about life and our relationships. And the course is the, the closest I could get to that. But I just, I really did not know when I made it. I knew that that journey was really impactful for me. I had no idea how God was going to use it. At this point, we've had more than 6,000 women take the course. Like actually 6,000. I've like quadruple checked that number because I'm like, that cannot be possible. (laughs) The first time I taught it was in 2015. So that's seven years ago now. And the things that we've had women go on to adopt kids, definitely to foster. Lots of people have fostered. We've had women travel to all different countries all around the world. We've had women quit jobs that they needed to quit, take amazing jobs, like step into their calling, step into their identity. And we've had a lot of people meet and marry some really, really incredible men. And the whole thing, like I, God took this thing. And this doesn't always happen. Sometimes I'll make something and it's like, womp, womp. But I made this thing and I feel like God took the baton and just has sprinted with it for years. And I'm just like, I'm trailing behind being like, whoa, you're crazy. <laughs> but it really is just the coolest thing that I get to do. And so getting to hear stories like yours, Angela, is just like... I just am amazed. It's like, it's 100% God. And I'm just so grateful that He lets me like sit on the sidelines for it. I guess like all that to say, yeah, me too. (laughs) I'm I'm so grateful He did that through you too. And I'm so excited. It just, every single time I, because I now I get to be a mentor to the Love Your Single Life girls. And I just love it. It's It's the the best. best. Every time I get the email that like, we're opening registration again, I just get so excited because the other thing too, like part of the reason we do what we do with the front porch and having these conversations and trying to build community for women is because if one person is changed because of it, if like one person gets something from it, then it's all worth it. Oh, I'm so excited. So the day that this episode airs, Love Your Single Life registration will be opening as well. So we will link that in the show notes. Real quick, how long is registration open? 
Yeah, registration. So registration opens on April 4th and it'll be open through April 8th at midnight. And really, we open registration usually twice a year for five days each. And so it really is crazy that it's only available 10 days each year. But we really, we have an incredible, incredible crew of women join us every time. And they like become real life friends. And I mean, Angela, you've gotten to see that. It's like maybe my favorite part of the whole thing. It's just the connections that women get to make together. It's You get to find a whole group of like-minded women who are awesome and and also in your same season of life. And that doesn't always happen, especially when we're single and dating. It's We don't always have people that we can really talk to about that. And so, yeah, that's when it opens. And thank you so much. I, I'm like, I think I just need to like lay on the floor and cry a little bit for <laughs> the fact that you're going to gift it to two women. That is, you have to keep me updated too. That's part of the deal. <laughs> definitely, definitely will. Okay, so before we sign off, Steph, you've shared so much great information with us today. Definitely, ladies. I know Angela's done Love Your Single Life. I had already met my what was going to be my husband at the time. But if I hadn't, I would have definitely taken that course. So definitely go do that. Steph, before we sign off, can you share one last piece of advice with our listeners? Absolutely. I've been thinking about this. And I think the biggest thing is if you need help, ask for it. Like in whatever area of your life, you you don't get brownie points for doing it by yourself. You don't have to do it by yourself. The most successful, healthy, wonderful, doing great in life people are not doing it by themselves. And you don't have to either. And so if there's an area of your life where you need help, whether it's like big time help or where you're like, this is really important to me and it's not going the way that I want it to, ask for the help you need. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. And yeah, that's just the biggest thing I think. Ask for the ask for help where you need it. One of my favorite things that you've said all day. <laughs> it's all of the other wonderful things. That is one of my favorite things you've said today. Steph, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for being part of our Front Porch family. We're so grateful to get to share our community with you and share you with them. Thank you. And cheers to the beginning of a beautiful friendship. 100%. Thank you, guys. You guys, aren't Angela and Mary amazing? I am so glad I got to share our conversation with you. Don't forget that if you ever want to find the links for anything we talk about in our Girls' Night episodes, you can always find those over in our show notes. Just head over to girlsnightpodcast.com and you'll find links for everything, including links for Angela and Mary, so you can listen to their podcast and follow along with all the great stuff they're doing. All right, friends, that's it for today's episode, but we have so much good stuff ahead this season. And so with that in mind, now is the perfect time to make sure you're subscribed. Subscribing to the show is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. I won't send you an email or anything. Just make sure your phone downloads the latest episode when a new one's released. And I did want to take a quick second to ask you all a favor. If you enjoyed this episode, or if you've been a Girls' Night fan for a while now, would you take just two quick seconds to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes? Those reviews help out our podcast so much, and it really would mean the world to me. So if you take two quick seconds to do that, I'd be so grateful. Friends, thank you so much for joining me for Girls' Night, and I will see you next week.